Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. We'll find it at romance in the podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at Hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today, Mikey made us watch Mannequin. Mannequin. So was this the first time any of you had seen this movie? This is the first time I had ever seen this movie. Same, Paige. I watched this a lot as a child. <laughs> this explains so much. Na- namely, how you consider relationships between coworkers to work. Because, holy shit. Yeah, when I saw the guy hitting on the main character's girlfriend throughout the beginning of the movie, and then, honestly, the whole movie, I was like, oh, this is, this is Mikey. No, no. Y'all are mean. <laughs> so I remember seeing... Mannequin 2 on the move a lot as a kid because it was on like USA or some network that was it was always on so I watched that movie like nine times and I legit thought because in that movie it's like a peasant time period like a medieval time period and like this (laughs) witch I think casts a spell on the lady that becomes the mannequin anyway I was expecting that I didn't expect Kim Cantrell to just like turn into a mannequin because gods of egypt i don't know honestly i don't know why they keep infecting these movies with history it just doesn't belong there (laughs) this movie would make equally as much sense if it's just like surprise i'm a magic mannequin and this is the weirdest prequel to lars and the real girl you're welcome (laughs) Um, i honestly just wanted to see the cut scene in the movie gods of egypt where they decide to do this to young kim cantrell Look, just because Ra is the god of upset white women does not mean that this movie doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. First off, we're jumping ahead. I'm going to tell, tell you why I chose this movie. I watched this movie a lot as a kid. It was really silly then. Yeah. The romance makes no sense. The plot makes even less sense. I mean, this movie is fully about a dude who was having sex with a mannequin and is just like caught up in some fever dream about it. Well, here's the great news. There's a reading that like that because, (laughs) you know, three fourths of the movie, everyone thinks that's happening. And they're like, cool with it. No one's cool with it, Mikey. No, no, that's not true because there is a point at which everyone in the department store is like, he's fucking that mannequin, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. And they're just like, that's just him. I guess that's That's true. That's just Johnny. (laughs) And he's making us money, baby. That's where capitalism gets you. As long as he keeps making those beautiful windows, he can fuck all the mannequins for all we care. And you know how I know this is an 80s movie? A white man gets hired and then promoted above the African-American gentleman who's been doing the job for 15 years. Yes. Immediately. Well, did he have a mannequin that came to life and did his job for him? No, but he's the only one that still makes it into the sequel. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and also he's the one getting promoted on the work of a woman. Like he, it literally isn't until the last window or two that he's actually doing it. So Paige, what you're asking me to believe is that the mannequin is real. And I refuse to um, do that's that. That's what the movie is trying to <laughs> yeah, tell us. The mannequin is real. Come on, guys. It's like Indian in the cupboard, but with window dressing. What is with you and Indian in the cupboard? I don't recently? know. This is the second time this week he's referenced it. <laughs> I know. And I'll say this. It's more like Toy Story. It is legit yes. just Toy Story. Oh, yeah, you're right. Except it is a lot it's more like Toy, Toy Story. Story. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that literally just came to me, and I'm so proud of it. <laughs> It's not supposed to make sense. It's the 80s. Yeah. yeah I mean, cocaine is the only way this makes sense. I literally yeah. said that to Paige when she joined the Zoom call. I was like, I feel like if I was on cocaine while watching this, I'd have been like, everything makes sense in this movie. It's great. The plot is perfect. Yeah. I feel like the people who wrote this movie also, and I know they didn't, but it has the same vibe as Gremlins 2, but also Night Before Christmas. Yes. Like, it's that level of just like, fuck it all energy. And I like, I don't want to like this movie. Oh, but I did. But damn it, I love this yeah. movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. So let's it's talk about why it's nuts. good. Can we talk about why it's good? Because it's like, the stakes never get too high and everyone's having a really good time. And it just like, it feels nice. You know, <laughs> I love that. He just said the stakes never get too high, but Kim Cantrell almost dies by what <laughs> amounts to a mannequin wood chipper. And many people go to jail. It's control. Oh, is it control? It's Cuttrall. There's no end. It's Kim Cuttrall. You're thinking of Blue Cantrell, the singer from the 90s. The, I actually was. Oh. My bad. But yeah. You're so like she is, I mean, okay. The stakes get high at the end. But most yes. of the movie is like, you're a guy. You spend the night at this department store every night. This mannequin comes alive and like hooks up with you and helps you do your job. I mean, not a bad premise. <laughs> it, is a, it is a bad premise. It's a terrible premise. It's just, being hilarious so yes like, once you watch her fake hang glide down the department store you're in the movie forever <laughs> i do love <laughs> like ninety thousand quick cuts yeah between the hang gliding shots and i do love that before it lands it turns back into mannequin kim and she like fully punches the security guard <laughs> who i wanted to at one point just yell Mahoney! <laughs> yeah, at some point. But he didn't. It's so good. It's so stupid and fun. I ended up buying this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I spent $4 oh, to rent it when I can spend $11 to own it. I, you know what, Mikey? Honestly, I'm kind of regretting I didn't do the same. Just because... I feel like this is one of those movies that I'm gonna be like, yo, have y'all seen mannequins? <laughs> Sit down. Because <laughs> we're about to we're about to endure some shit together. Can this you imagine someone watching mannequin and not laughing? I cannot no. imagine wanting to spend <laughs> any more time with that person. <laughs> if you're that kind of person who can watch something like this movie or like a movie like The Birdcage and just sit there stone faced, it's so good, Paige. But I mean, if you can do that. You are not a person I want to hang out with. If you're not cracking yeah. up the whole time, no. Honestly, I spent the last 30 minutes of this movie with my head in my hands just going like, what is happening? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? 
when he goes off, not just when he gets on the motorcycle with her at the end, when he's going off fucking ramps and she stays on the back as a mannequin, I am like, what is happening? Every, every single time, every single time they cut to her as a mannequin over his shoulder, I lost my damn mind. I see it. I'm laughing so fucking hard. Like there are shots where he's like leaning down and it's just the mannequin like, <laughs> like dead faced. You're like, what is happening? Okay, okay. My favorite part of the movie is when they're bicycling behind Hollywood. And he does a BMX level trick for no reason behind Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where it obviously cuts to a professional bike rider that they hired to do a BMX cut behind Hollywood. Yeah. There's just so many good moments. Let's get into it. Let's just talk about it. We got to go through it. Oh, we got to go through it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So we open in Edfu, Egypt. Yes. <laughs> she says a really long time ago, although she does give us a date range of uh, 2,500 give or take BC. Yeah. But on the screen, it just says right before lunch <laughs> in which her and another painfully white woman portray Egyptians in the most <laughs> stereotyped, inaccurate way possible. Oh, why is that Paige? Is it because they're fully just white bread, white people? I think another layer on top of that is she's dressed as a mummy. <laughs> Hiding in a crypt. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, they would have full. Like, you can't. You don't get to just dress as a mummy. They wrap those people up after they pull their organs out through their noses and mouths and put them in canopic jars. Duh. Have you never watched the History Channel? I. <laughs> they didn't have the History Channel back then. I would have loved it if it, this was just like a haunted house. Like themed as like an Egyptian tomb or whatever, because that's what it looks like. And she just hasn't traveled in time at all. She just yes. moved from like Iowa to New York <laughs> yes. or Philadelphia, uh, uh, I guess it is. No, I love, I love how. I mean, yes, poor portrayal of a culture absolutely does not age well. Tell me how much you love it, though, Mikey. Let me tell you how much I love this insane premise <laughs> that starts off like this. <laughs> like, if you're going to start a movie so weird. This is the way to go. Yeah. Because she, her mom, she's hiding, pretending to be a money. Her mom comes up and is like, hey, we want you to marry the, was it the dung herder or whatever? Camel dung salesman. She says, I'm an independent woman and I don't feel like this is the right time for me because women can't be independent. And her mom is like, I know, but if I had another option, I would give it to you, but I can't. So marry this camel dung person. Right, yeah. right. So instead she pleads to God. Not gods, the gods. Yes. Yeah, plural. Yeah. 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 Gods who then smite her with lightning and then <laughs> and suck her away. Which okay, oh, this is one of my biggest problems with this movie. And and by problem I just mean no one thought about this <laughs> because it doesn't really tell us what happens to her, but what I can infer from the rest of the film. I feel like it does tell us what happens to her. No, 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 no. Paige is right because my headcanon is that she quantum leaps through time yes. until she gets to the mannequin. My headcanon is it turns her into some sort of transient ethereal spirit that can then inhabit people or objects, but it doesn't give us a lot of rules about it because I'm like, did Christopher Columbus just also have a mannequin? Like, what, is she always a mannequin or is she different objects? What is it? Yes, because I did she, have that question. In theory, she has essentially been the muse for like every important man in history, which also, by the way, yeah. is not women being independent. This movie does not understand what women being independent is oh. because 
she basically just is the strong woman propping up men in different parts of history. Yes. So, okay, first off, I just want to say I'm so glad we're digging deep on this batshit insane movie, and I feel like this is the conversation <laughs> we should be having right now. Secondly, yes. I feel like the reason the ending of this movie ends the way it does is because in those other time periods, and Paige, I do agree, she has been the muse for, like, Michelangelo, right. Da Vinci, all these, like, people who Christopher have— Columbus, sure. Christopher Columbus, less less brilliant than the rest, Yeah, sure. Christopher Columbus, known genocidist asshole. Yeah. Yes. That, the 80s had a different take on Columbus. It was not a very historical— Take, let's and just say women's it that way. rights. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think one of the reasons she's able to stay here is one, an act of true self-love and like trying to like save her is part of whatever breaking the curse that we never know exists. Yeah, we have no idea why right. the curse breaks. We don't even know shit. if it's a curse. It might we be a don't. blessing. No, no, I know. <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. It never talks about she's that. She's immortal. She would have been sucked up into that mannequin machine and just popped out into the future. Okay, I'm pitching Mannequin too. Mannequin X, Mannequin in Space. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And also the reason she didn't have the option of staying with like Michelangelo or Da Vinci or Columbus, even though she wouldn't have wanted to because when he gets on those boats, shit gets weird, was because that time period was not the time period that she begged to go to because they it wasn't like a place where you could be a strong, empowered woman. And the 80s is sort of, it's really not the start of, but it's, you know, continuing down the path that, the feminist wave started in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Well, he here's what I will potentially argue. Okay. I think she found... Oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this and try and give some legitimacy to this movie. Let's do it. I love it. Let's dig deep, baby. The conversation they have the night before the mannequin disappears, it is implied that he sees her as an equal partner. Yes. And I think that might be the difference yeah because when she then comes to life i think the expectation is that they will work together as equal partners to continue working in the windows etc which is a very small job in the scheme of the things that she's been involved in but i think that's the difference is she has found a person who views her truly as an equal and special in her own way that's a low bar but sure i never thought i'd be having this conversation but, like, I'm so glad we are. <laughs> this is insane. Okay, where are we in the movie? Let's, let's move forward. We have not made it out of Egypt. <laughs> in this movie that 99.8% of it takes place in a, a department store in New York City, we're in Egypt. In Philadelphia. Oh, sure. shit. Is My the, bad. In the, Philly. You're right. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, Philadelphia. So we cut from her being zapped into the ether to credits which are animated and all about egypt which is never going to play into the rest of the movie nope. ever again for the most part not at all because they're fully in philadelphia is that what you said they're in philadelphia i swear to god i thought it was new york the whole time because it doesn't matter the, the city doesn't matter it doesn't matter we cut to a shot of the city and it's philadelphia today is the title card and we see andrew mccarthy talking to a mannequin which is it looks like kim cattrall so we know that that's like her yeah yeah and I have notes about how they got those mannequins as well. Nice. So he's trying to find a bottom and arms for her. And he's talking to her the whole time. Sorry, when you say a bottom, I think a butt. But you meant like a lower half. I meant a lower half. Yeah, like yeah. everything. Yeah. But so we find out that he's taking too long to style the mannequins uh, because apparently mannequin styling is his job, which, by the way, not a job. No, it's not. I thought he was constructing them, like putting them together and shipping them off. He's putting them together 
And I mean, mannequins have changed over the years, uh, but by and large, even at the time, mannequins kind of had interchangeable parts. Well, and they do in this. He's putting arms on yeah. her and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because he puts too big of arms on her at first. And yes. Her- yeah, he does. I mean, the idea that it's like a whole, like a factory setup is wild. That's never, ever something I've ever encountered. You tell me that there's no Philadelphia mannequin factory. I don't think so. Did you not hear about the Philadelphia Mannequin Factory fire of 1887? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people died, Paige, and it changed a lot of the way unions work. Yeah, 800 people died. Yeah. Two were actual people. Arms and (laughs) legs were were melted all over the place, Paige. But we don't even know how many of those mannequins were souls possessing the mannequins. Like the, yeah. the death toll is truly unknown. I'd, I'm so sorry for my ignorance. Yeah, I'm I can't so, believe so you sorry. you don't stand for mannequin rights, Paige. No, you know what? Fuck mannequins. Oh man. <laughs> this guy does. <laughs> so my question with this whole movie, you can cut this, is that if you come inside of a mannequin when it's in human form, what happens when it goes back to mannequin form? Thank you. I've been wondering this the whole time. <laughs> Okay, but like when she becomes a human, does she have genitals or is it just flat like a Barbie? She's got to have genitals because he's banging the shit out of that. (laughs) Or he made genitals on a mannequin. He just brought an apple corer to work one day and went nuts. (laughs) And he's getting plastic burns on his junk all night. How about this? A woman you can sleep with at night that turns into a statue during the day? Perfect. Oh, Mikey, no. (laughs) They have those. Called sex dolls. <laughs> no, but like a real fledged person. All of the same stuff, behaviors, none of the guilt. I haven't done this in a while, Paige, but I feel like I have to right now. Mikey is single, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> <laughs> in case you were wondering if this man's tied down, the answer is no, he's not. Well, this explains why Mikey called this the feel good movie of the year in our group text. And I was like, what year? This year? Or 1987, because even then, that's incorrect, because Princess Bride came out in 1987. (laughs) Oh, God, we barely made it out of Egypt so far. Okay, so he's in Philadelphia. He's putting holes in mannequins, uh, and the guy running the factory is like, you're taking too long, so he doesn't get to finish her. He doesn't finish her until later in the movie, Paige, but he fully does finish. Uh, Well, later in the movie, he finishes in In her, her, I would assume. That's where I was going, but it was a little too gross, so I was going to let you take it. Do you know what the best part of banging a mannequin is? No condoms. (laughs) Yeah, because the only thing that pops out are baby dolls. (laughs) 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 You just walk through the store, there's just... A naked baby doll under a mannequin? Like it just dropped it in the middle of the night? Yeah, with like string connecting it. <laughs> Let's go do that. Let's go to a department store. I want to right now. I'm not even joking. Let's do this. Find any mannequin with a skirt, put a naked baby doll under it. <laughs> Connect it with a string. Yeah. Oh, I want to do this so bad. Uh- <laughs> Guys, if you do this, send pictures in the Facebook group. Send I want to see it. Pictures. Yes. Put masks on them <laughs> for, for safety. I want you guys to do such a good job that 20 people stand in front of that window and the store opens. <laughs> it's just like, why do all these mannequins have babies? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we gotta like actually talk about this movie. Holy okay, yeah. shit. I had a coworker who was like, what movie are you doing? Oh my God, when is that coming out? I have to listen to that episode. <laughs> I love that movie. That's what they said. I don't not love this movie. I have conflicting <laughs> feelings about this film. 
It's so absurd, it's not offensive. No, it's still very offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we get a montage of him losing other jobs. So he's like trying to be a balloon guy at a kid's party. (laughs) Stop, stop. So he ties a giant balloon on a kid and the kid floats <laughs> off. And that's and the guy's how like, he gets take fired. your hands off my child. And he's like, all right. Uh, yeah. And then the child floats off to nowhere. And then the dad's like, my child. And his boss is just like, my balloon, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid and so great at the same time. Yes. He loses his job as a hedge trimmer as a pizza artist multiple jobs where his just his artistic genius isn't realized well you said pizza artist like that was a real job he's a chef making at a pizza place but he like spent too much time with the toppings to try to get it just right on the pizza and what mm-hmm. we didn't see was him fully having sex with the meat lovers in the back <laughs> <laughs> he's got a giant salami that he made a hole in yeah but you guys don't know that that, that salami at night turned into Sarah Jessica Park <laughs> <laughs> Why her? Is it just all the girls from Sex in the yeah, City? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, this movie. Okay. <laughs> so he drives by the Lustra department store to pick up his girlfriend Roxy. She climbs on the back of his bike, but she's super embarrassed about it and asks where they're going to dinner. And he's just like, "What if we just grabbed hot dogs?" Ha <laughs> ha. Because he has no money, and even though she has money. Clearly, they don't have an equitable relationship. So she's not buying dinner, I guess. Right. In fact, I think she tells her coworkers, oh, his uh, his car's in the shop. Yeah. She's clearly embarrassed by him. She's very embarrassed by him. And it's one of those things where, is it frustrating to have a partner who can't find a job? Absolutely. Is it okay to just lie to people about them and then hold it against them when they don't have money to pay for stuff that you can pay for on your own no No, that's not really okay okay can we talk about the genius that is how andrew mccarthy plays this movie sure walking through it reciting lines is that real (laughs) yeah is that is is a genius this movie could have been creepier uh, yeah, he does walk a very fine line as to making me still like the guy who is fully having sex with a mannequin. I was creeped out by him the whole time, but also weirdly attracted to him. <laughs> this is a conflicting <laughs> film for me. He was funny, but like, he's just really charming and it breaks through the really, really creepy, weird premise. I can see that. I do think he's cute and charming in this movie, but I also think that he is unhinged <laughs> and no one is <laughs> is doing anything about it. Anyway, so Roxy basically leaves him on this date when his motorcycle won't start. She just kind of abandons him. And he ends up trying to walk his bike home when he sees that mannequin through the window, the one that he was talking to. Yeah. And he, like, talks to it through the window. You know, like a normal person. No. (laughs) I mean, did you guys see when he was driving off after, like, saying hello to it and talking to it for a second? He gets on the bike and the bike starts working and he drives away. And then in in voiceover, as he's driving away, he goes, see you tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. Like, he's now going to come by every day. Yeah, he is. That is the (laughs) implication. Okay, so I like this scene because I thought it implied that the mannequin had superpowers, which I, I was on board going that way. Like, she's a superpowered mechanic? Well, like she like pointed out and made it fix. A satanic like, mechanic. mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what this movie needed. Like if Dr. Frank and Furter had shown up at the end and he had been like, I created her. I'd been like, yes, <laughs> this all makes the science makes sense to me. I am on board. Science. 
science fiction <laughs> double feature. So we cut to that same store the next day where he is, I guess, coming to visit the mannequin again yeah. instead of going to work. Yeah, he is like a dad in the 80s who is, is divorced from his wife and he can only see his kids through plate glass on the weekends. Yeah. He shows up to that mannequin like, hello, you've been a That was the 90s page. It is what you were implying, though, yes. I just wanted to see his face in a cake. <laughs> By the way, I do think we should do Ms. Doubtfire for this movie because it is a rom-com between Pierce Brosnan and Sally Field, and I'm here for it. <laughs> also did they okay did they only have sex the last night with the camping equipment or were they no, hooking up the they whole had time? sex every you know, night like, most of the movie they were just like <laughs> and they would kiss before she turned back into a mannequin i think maybe it's just the one in the tent like i think maybe that's the oh, one time no, they were having sex every night every night they were canoodling, but like we don't see anything. Oh, yeah, we don't see anything because when they were having sex the other night, she was fully just a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> that implies somebody else was watching. <laughs> Hollywood's just in the corner, like, do it. He's like, I'm on board for this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Mikey called me and said, hey, I need a favor. I need you to watch me have sex with a mannequin <laughs> or I can't finish. I'd be like, I got you, bro. <laughs> That's what I call a two and a half some page when you're there just to witness. Oh, you're the half. Yeah, I'm, I would be the half. Yeah. How was she? She was a little stiff. <laughs> How do all these mannequins smell like jizz? <laughs> all right. We got to stop talking about fucking mannequins. How are we supposed to not talk about fucking mannequins? They only talk? had sex the one time. No, they had sex they every night. I don't think so. I think they were really taking it slow and getting to know each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. I mean, I can't. You're like, I, oh, oh, no, it's totally okay that she's like an inanimate object that came to life because of Egyptian magic that's never fully explained, but they're definitely not having all that much sex before they get married. <laughs> well, yeah, she's like, you know, really old-fashioned. <laughs> 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 that 250 BC old-fashioned. Oh, no, it was like 2050 BC old-fashioned. <laughs> By the way, 2050 BC is literally 2,450 years before, like, Cleopatra. Well, no, Cleopatra was, like, more towards modern times. That's what I'm saying. Know? Cleopatra is closer to our time than Kim Cattrall's original time period in Egypt. Well, as far as we know, she, like, zoomed into a mannequin and became Cleopatra. They do actually say that Cleopatra was so beautiful that she looked like a statue. And all I know is that, like, that is what a mannequin would have been called back in those days. And she did inspire both Caesar and his friend Mark Antony. So Plus singer Mark Antony. <laughs> Yeah, when that <laughs> Egyptian mannequin walks by, you're like, look at the asp on her. <laughs> oh, that is... Paige is up. Paige is walking <laughs> out of the room. She has legit out of the room. Oh, my God. I can't believe you made Paige get up and leave with a snake joke. I can't believe you knew that she killed herself with an ass. That's amazing. Oh, my God. y'all don't know how to make Paige laugh, you think of the dumbest joke imaginable. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Mikey, that joke was so good, I wish I didn't have to cut it. Don't you cut that joke! <laughs> no cuts! No cuts! There's no cuts! <laughs> no cuts, Mikey. Don't be an ass. She <laughs> <laughs> can't do it! She can't do it! <laughs> like an ass pole. <laughs> so oh my stupid. god. Uh, this is uh, the hole where our snakes come out of. It's an ass pole. Call me Big Cobra when you back <laughs> that ass up. <laughs> You fine mannequin fucking woman. <laughs> 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 oh, you better call me a snake charmer because I'm going out. I'm going to tap that ass. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying no more snake puns, but I think we've run out. You mean we've constricted? <laughs> I've got an organ that's too big for your ceremonial jars. <laughs> Cut it. <laughs> no cuts, Paige. No. It's a mummification joke, Tom. <laughs> okay, so Andrew McCarthy pulls up in front of the store to hello the mannequin through the window. <laughs> the sign on the front of the store is they're hanging a new sign in front of the store because it's been a hundred years. And so he meets the woman who owns the store, and they're kind of having this fun little conversation about how it's been open for a hundred years and how her father owned it before her. Yeah, and he died the way he wanted to in women's lingerie, and then clarifies. That he had a heart attack in the woman's lingerie department. Yes. And that's one of the Golden Girls. That, that's Estelle Getty. It is Estelle Getty. Oh, uh, I love seeing her in this. Because she's not in the, in the sequel. I like how everyone for the sequel decided not to come back. They're like, no, I'm too good. Except for, for Hollywood. Hollywood's in both, baby. Hollywood is in both. I have some notes about Hollywood later. Where he was actually most famous for his role in designing women. But Yes. He's great. So as they're hanging the sign, it breaks and swings down, about to kill him and Estelle Getty. He pushes her out of the way and he like latches onto the sign, which swings back and forth. And she's just like, thank you. I'll give you anything. And he's like, I could use a job. And she's like, when can you start? And he's just like, as soon as I finish this. And all of this while he's swinging on the sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it's later implied that James Spader like booby traps to kill her. Right. And as the sign swings backwards, he gets electrocuted in the ass pole. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he gets electrocuted in the asshole? Yeah, did you not see when the sign swings back, he gets electrocuted in the butt? I did not see that. I'm pretty sure at this point in the movie, I was Googling, who's the old lady from Mannequin? Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized her from somewhere. This is how I got my job. I was just walking down the street and saved somebody's life. And they're like, come on in. We have a career for you. This dude, two weeks after this incident, is a VP at the company. Yeah. He saves the store. What do you expect? And the old lady owner. Okay, would this movie be better as an Ernest movie or not? Oh, wait, who's Ernest? Ernest is Ernest. No, I know that. Like, <laughs> what character would Ernest be? Andrew McCarthy. Okay, but no. <laughs> that, that's your immediate thought. But what if Paige. he's James Spader? What if he's the security no. guard? No, Paige, what if he's the mannequin? <laughs> no. No. Come on, no. Bird, we're going to decorate a window. Look, Andrew McCarthy. And later maybe have some sex. Andrew McCarthy <laughs> acts like Ernest P. Worrell throughout the film. He loses his jobs incompetently, yep. unrealistically, and hilariously. He has a good heart, and he talks to himself. I mean, all of that checks out, but I still like the take where we get Ernest waking up from being a mannequin being like, oh, why is my asshole all sticky? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. He's in a pyramid about to be turned into a mannequin. He's like... You know what I mean, Ern? 
<laughs> Paige is so mad at you, but I loved it, Mikey. I love that I know, Paige, won't, Paige refuses to laugh at these. This is golden. <laughs> this is so golden, it would have been worshipped in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> or at CPAC. <laughs> so Estelle Getty kind of gives him a tour of the store. Yeah. I do love that he's like, oh, it's it's like really big and roomy in here. When do we open? We've been open. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, oh, I'm sure to pick up my lunch. <laughs> we cut to James Spader, who's on the phone with somebody we don't really know who. But it's clear that corporate espionage is afoot. Yes. Because he wants to try and sell the store. Yes. But she she brings Andrew McCarthy into him to have James Spader find a job for him. And he basically gives him the job of stock boy. Have you... Okay, when was the last time you saw Pretty in Pink? It's my least favorite... Um, Hughes movie? Same. Yeah. Okay, pull up a picture of James Spader in Pretty in Pink and know that it was shot only months apart from what we watched today. <laughs> now pull up James Spader in Mannequin. <laughs> he looks like a bug-eyed freak. He looks like he's about to open the Ark of the Covenant. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God! I'm sorry, Dr. Jones. <laughs> but you cannot stop me from fucking this mannequin. <laughs> snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? So he calls Roxy, or Andrew McCarthy, I should say, calls Roxy, tells her that he's going to pick her up at eight, and he's having trouble as a stock guy. He's, like, not good at it. He's not good at any job, really. Yeah, why did they have to go on two dates, two nights in a row? I assumed that they were like long-term boyfriend and girlfriend. Like they had been together a long time. Yeah. And I also thought like the last date didn't go well. She fully left you. I mean, you want to be like, hey, maybe we should do it again and see if we can have a better night. You know? Right. We cut to after she hangs up the phone. It's her and her coworker who is horny AF and sexually harassing her in the workplace. Oh, yeah. He's stereotypical Italian guy, which... Uh, here's the crazy name. I don't think he is Italian. I don't think he is Italian. He acts Italian. Yeah, but Mikey, but you're not wrong. his name is Armand. <laughs> he uses an Italian accent. He's like, it's a me, Armand. Do you want to yeah. sleep with he me? He uses a stereotypic European accent. Yeah. He's, okay. from, he's from the country of Europea. <laughs> I would call his nationality swarthy. <laughs> I would have said French pirate, but yeah, swarthy works. Swarthy works. I come from a long line of swarth. I can say it. He's swarthy. Okay. When Armand is talking to Roxy, yeah. in this scene, she is fully hitting him. Like, they're not even, like, play hitting each other. No, she's trying to defend herself against somebody who's trying to, like, eat her out through her clothes. No, no, I know, I know. He's definitely trying to pull a Freddie Prince Jr. towards the end of Head Over Heels. I'm just saying <laughs> the actress and actor in this scene are, like, really going for it, and I respect the shit out of that. Because yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. hit in the face for this movie. Remember, we're talking about the movie <laughs> Mannequin. And he's giving right, right, it his right. all. For Mannequin. So much respect for Armand. <laughs> so Andrew McCarthy is scoping out mannequins and accidentally opens a fitting room and James Spader walks up on him and is just like, um, what the fuck? Which, why put the entrance to your store window display right next to where there's going to be a naked woman half the day? It literally, it's impossible geographically for that to be the case. Yeah. So I have no idea. Like, <laughs> they play so fast and loose with the configuration of this store. And that's so odd because everything else is so grounded in reality in this movie. It's weird <laughs> that that would be the thing they chose not to do real. 
just like it was 10 stories tall. It is huge. Yeah, it is it huge. It is a huge store. So he meets what I will describe as a flamboyant gay stereotype. Yeah, he is very 80s stereotype flamboyant gay man, but I also love him. Oh, yeah. You love him to death. He's hilarious. Yeah. And he's a great actor. Especially considering that he was straight and played a gay man consistently for most of his career. Yeah. I mean, I honestly thought he was gay until this conversation, Paige. I remember yeah. him from Designing Women, and he was gay in that, too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Through the lens of 2021, it is uncomfortable it because is. you're just like, A, this is a... Stereotype? This is it is not just a stereotype. It's played for comedy. This is, yes, you know, it is people use derogatory gay slurs throughout the whole movie to refer to him. He's portrayed as ineffectual and uh, overly emotional to the point that it is a detriment of caricature. And it's also not played by a gay person. I would hope that if this was made today, this would be a part that was written a little more realistically and potentially handed to a, a person of the, you know, LGBT community. I did, I did like his car. I loved his car and the car cover he has and his commitment to keeping his car covered. Oh, I loved it. Hollywood his is amazing. His car cover has his name on it. Too. Yes, yes it. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. No, Hollywood would be my best friend in the store if yes, I worked in this store. Same. Hollywood knows everything about everybody. He's got the best hot goss. And his license plate says bad girl. That's a dude <laughs> I want to hang out with. <laughs> um, I, I worked with somebody very similar to, to Hollywood yeah. who worked in my store by day and was a Tina Turner impersonator <gasps> by night. Oh, my God. I love him already. Yeah, he used to tell me where to get the best wigs. He's amazing. And I just remember one year we were both working on Super Bowl Sunday. And I was like, hey, who's playing in the Super Bowl this year? And he just went, Madonna. And then just walked away. <laughs> and it could have been Madonna. She's played the Super Bowl. so It was that year. <laughs> like, he was not lying. God, he I knew who it. was playing the halftime show, not the actual I game. I love it. I would have uh, also accepted Prince. Prince. Uh, Prince would like to show you his Spider-Man impression. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I we love Hollywood. If Hollywood was a real person as realized in this film, yes, yeah. here for it. I mean, I think you could have a Hollywood character today and just not make it so over-the-top offensive. Yeah, I think you could make it not offensive. But here's the thing. You could have Billy Porter as Billy Porter <laughs> in, in that role. Equally as fun, not as offensive. They've remade so many movies. Why can't they remake this? <laughs> Why can't they remake it, Mikey? Because it's a white woman from Egypt who comes to life as a sex doll. That's why we can't remake it. Yeah, Paige, it. I, I, you say it like it's a problem. It sounds great. <laughs> it's not. It is a cocaine-fueled nightmare that I am happy to watch, but it could never fly today, I don't think. They're remaking The Running Man. I'm excited for that. Edgar Wright's doing it. Well, it's the same thing. So if Edgar Wright did this, would you be here for it? I watch anything Edgar Wright would do. You know this. He's my type. <laughs> if Edgar Wright was doing this, it had Henry Cavill, but it was called Malequin. Absolutely. I knew first it. Fucking line. I knew it. I don't think that'll ever happen, but if it does, I'm here for it. Honestly, I'm same. Here. I would watch that movie. I watch it just to uh, you know support the property. <laughs> just because I'm a fan of the Mannequin franchise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't love this uh, gender bender reboot, but uh, I support the franchise. It was fine when it was Ghostbusters, but this is too far. <laughs> <laughs> Mela Quinn isn't canon. <laughs> 
Oh man, I would love to have that oh. Twitter fight about mannequin and mannequin. That shit would be hilarious, guys. Oh. I want in the fa- the Facebook group to hear your casting choices for Mailequin. Oh, Chris Evans, Henry Cavill. I want to hear their picks, Paige, not yours. A disembodied torso that was molded off Chris Evans for Henry Cavill. <laughs> you know who could turn into from mannequins into real people? Don't do this. Magicians. Magicians. <laughs> no. We cut to his first night shift in the store where he meets the night security guard and his dog Rambo, and he lets him know that he's helping Hollywood with a window display. The dog is called Rambo because he likes first blood. He likes to draw first blood. <laughs> what really made me mad about this scene is that everybody who has seen Rambo first blood knows that Rambo doesn't draw first blood. The sheriff draws exactly. first blood. Exactly. Yeah. Adrian! Yeah, that's <laughs> wrong movie, Paige. Wrong movie. Just trying to move along. All right. <laughs> this is also, I think, where we get the highest concentration of gay slurs. Oh, I thought it was during the hose scene towards the end. Oh, that also. But here is where he calls Hollywood a number of really rough things. Yeah. The but security then guard, he, right? Yes, the security, the security guard, guard does. Yeah. And he asks where Andrew McCarthy comes from. And he's like, Ohio. And he's like, they've got them in Ohio now, too. <laughs> which is the implication that they have gay people in Ohio. And that is shocking, which is wildly offensive. Well, my brother's in Cincinnati. There's one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me it made me laugh for him to think, like, how dare they go there? <laughs> Yes, but the security guard is played by the mean police officer from Police, police Academy. Academy. Yeah, yes. he's like the yeah. and this time or he's played as like a Vietnam vet who's like pretty unhinged. Oh no, shit. Okay, I thought it was Korea. He did. He seemed old. Whoa, Korea is fifty three. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's fair. Nam would be seventy two, so he'd be in his thirties then. Yeah, no, I I'm with Mikey. I thought it was not. You're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> Unless he was a soul who was going around to different wars, and then he came into a mannequin that was a mannequin that was dressed as a security guard in like a security guard uniform store. What the fuck, Mikey? Coming this summer, Kapakin. I thought I died in Nam, but I'm here to guard this department store. Oh my god. Anyway, my my favorite part of their exchange is that he's basically implying that he he wouldn't want to have to work with Hollywood because he has a problem with gay people. Andrew McCarthy basically says, well, it could be worse. I could have had to work with a bigoted jerk. Yes. Implying that the cop is a dick for not accepting gay people. Yeah. And then as they walk away, he just says, do you think he meant anyone in particular? <laughs> <laughs> I will say a movie from the 80s playing the person who's using like bigoted language as a bad person is somewhat unique. Yeah, well, and I'm just saying mannequin way ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it came from 2500 BC. <laughs> Paige keeps walking away from this podcast. <laughs> that's in the past, Mikey. <laughs> that's a time that's in the past. I, I don't know why he doesn't. So understand we are way ahead jumps. of its time. Oh, wow. We are way ahead of... Oh, God, never mind. I can't. I can't. (laughs) All all I will say is, for as much as Hollywood is played as a joke and the butt of many jokes, they do give him agency as a character and, and portray him as being on the good side and also being accepting of Andrew McCarthy's character even when things get weird where he's one of the few people that Andrew McCarthy kind of lets in yeah. to be like, yes, I am fucking this mannequin. What? And what? And like, what? 
and you know, what? Bring back my mannequins. <laughs> Andrew McCarthy like defends him, I love and you, in babe. return, Hollywood defends Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, they 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 have a very good working friendship and yes. partnership that I actually do really like. He marries them at the end. He does marry I them at the it. end, and I'm just like perfect choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that wedding is flawless, and in a window display. <laughs> we'll get there. We gotta move on. I can't talk well, about how that happened. <laughs> anyway, so he drops the supplies off with Hollywood. Yes. And he's about to leave. And Hollywood basically gives him this whole story of like he just got bro- broken up with. He doesn't have a great self image because he's been broken up with. And he doesn't really know what his ex is doing. And so Andrew McCarthy is just like, hey, you go figure that shit out. I'll take care of the window. Yeah. So Andrew McCarthy gives up his date with Roxy so that Hollywood can go straighten things out with Albert. Yeah. Anyway. Andrew McCarthy stays, and as soon as Hollywood leaves, the mannequin comes to life. Yes, Kim is up in his face. Yep, and he thinks at first that he's being pranked, but she's like, well, you look so lost and lonely last night, and he's like, oh, God, like, how did you see me last night? What's happening? And he thinks that he's having, like, a mental break, which is, like, <laughs> yeah. good for him. That is my first as- assumption good as well. insight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he continues to think that through most of the film. He does. And he's trying to come up with reasons for it. And at one point, he's just rocking back and forth saying food additives. Yeah. <laughs> really great. <laughs> but essentially, he spends the whole night taking the mannequin around through the store to kind of show her a bunch of stuff, like all the tools they have and she at one point just says, you've got good hands. I like the way they felt when you were putting me together. Ooh, I mean, that's a good pickup line. Is it? And yet she doesn't let him kiss her until like way later. But she's an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little strange to be like, put your hands all over me. Please talk, talk to, to me, me. Talk to me. Talk now. to me. But then we can't kiss. <laughs> Everything's gonna, gonna be, be alright. Oh man, Maroon Five. That's where it's at right there. Mm. I like that song. Anyway, oh. songs about Jane is my favorite Maroon Five album ever. I love every single song on it. Yep. It is flawless. Secret is the sexiest song ever written. Yes! Thank you. Yep. That's such a good also sweetest goodbye. Oh also, that's that's yes. more sad than sexy. Like if you listen to yes. Secret and you're not pregnant, you dodged a bullet. True. We got to move on, though, because Mikey fully checked out. And we started talking deep. Into yeah, 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 anyway, yeah, yeah. so as they're running through the store that night, she spots a dress that she thinks she should wear in the window. And so she strips in the middle of the store. Yeah, but he can't kiss her. But he can't kiss her. He can just put his hands all over me. Talk to me. Talk to me now. Oof. Anyway, so his girlfriend wakes up the next morning. Hang on. Are they still together? I thought she broke up with him. I thought she did too, but then she seems to have been like, you stood me up. We're going out again. Like, it seems like they don't officially break up until the next morning, but I don't really know. I think he ghosted her. <laughs> he did ghost her. Or mannequined her. Yeah, that's probably more official. Yeah, or more accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so she wakes up the next morning and he stood her up. He wakes up in the store window. Yeah. So he gets up, scrambles to get away from the store. He gets to Roxy's house and her co-worker Armand has already pulled up and he rides up at the same time, tells her the whole story about the mannequin, completely honest with her. And she's just like, you need fucking help because you're fucking mannequins and I'm going to get in the car with this guy who's definitely going to sexually harass me on the way, but let's go. So she gets in the car with her coworker and drives off and it's basically over at that point. 
So he goes back to his apartment and he calls his mom and he's like, hey, we're is anything strange in our family history or my grandparents, <laughs> half brother, half sister? Yeah. Have you smart. had any hallucinations? I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah. It's smart. He really does his due diligence here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I really wanted the reveal of that phone not being plugged into anything at one point, <laughs> though. <laughs> anyway, we cut to the store where people are flocking to the window, which is like not that impressive of a window. <laughs> and people are just like, oh, my God, the windows. Oh, my God, the ball's moving back and forth. And also, even if it was awesome, that is not a way anyone would react. They wouldn't, like, gather around. They'd, they might be like, oh, that's a cool store window as they're walking wherever the fuck they're going. You guys forget what the world was like before the Internet. Here, here's what I will say. <laughs> Macy's in New York, as well as the Macy's in San Francisco on Union Square, have very, very famous windows where, especially around the holidays, they do these huge displays and it's kind of a touristy thing to go look at them. Okay. But that's like a thing they've been doing for hundreds of years. And it's not necessarily a thing that they change every day. And it's a like thing where they unveil them for the holidays. It's like a huge promotional thing, which I think is what this movie's trying to get at. But it's not like the reason that the store survives. Like it's just and they're way more elaborate than what we're seeing in this movie. So it's just strange. It's strange that people react this way. I agree. We cut to Roxy's job. Well, because she works at like a rival department store, we find out. She works at Illustra, which is a department store that seems to just be made of mirrors. Yes. It's just a hall of mirrors. And I can't imagine shopping there for more than 10 seconds before wanting to stab your own eyes out. It's like Forever 21 and Wet Seal had a baby. It's like <laughs> Captain EO, the department store. Like, it's just, yeah. it is insane mirrors and neon lights and hallucinogens. It's yeah, the 80s. Yes. Yeah, baby. So Roxy's at her job where she just, she seems to just be constantly sexually harassed by all of her male coworkers at all times. And I hate it. Oh, every one of them. Because right here, the owner of the store is like, yeah, real handsy oof. with her and people run in to tell them about the window so they call james spader who's like it was a fluke it's fine don't worry about it there's a meeting tomorrow it's not going to make a difference yeah we're going to sell anyway don't worry about it so we cut to the meeting the next day and it's implied that they're going to meet to potentially fire andrew mccarthy and hollywood shows up to help out yeah i love this scene so much because Hollywood shows up dressed like he was dressed the night before, very flamboyant over the top. And then he's like, I didn't think it would come to this. And he turns his back and he starts undoing his like shirt or his, whatever he's wearing. Yes, yes. <laughs> he's unzipping a tracksuit where yeah. he's wearing a full suit underneath, like a, a regular. Full, a full dress to the nine. Oh, he looks, he looks great. great in that suit. I don't know if you guys noticed this. He pulled it off the rack. There's still a tag yes, attached to it. there's still a tag. Yeah, I love that detail because he doesn't even own clothes like that. He had to find it in the store and put it on and he's like don't tell anybody oh yeah i have a reputation to uphold my favorite is that he's wearing the same sunglasses yes. as goldie hawn and overboard oh, hers were silver yes. and his were pink yeah they're nuts yes they are nuts they are i love it nuts i would wear them now oh if i could find a pair i would own them yeah. immediately absolutely and they'd be $3.99 at any gas station. <laughs> so we cut inside to the meeting yeah. where James Spader is trying to argue that they should fire Andrew McCarthy immediately. And Estelle Getty is like, 
maybe not because people will come see the windows and then they'll come shop inside. So let's postpone this decision for six weeks and see what can happen. Yeah. And so they promote Andrew McCarthy to visual merchandiser. Yeah. Why would the board have to have a meeting to fire a stock boy? They wouldn't. They were actually meeting to sell. Yeah. The postponement is not of should we fire the stock boy. The postponement was we should not vote to sell because the stock boy might have turned it all around with this amazing window display. You know, oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. Business. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, he gets promoted and James Spader tells the security guard to keep an eye on him. And he's like, oh, do you want a written report? And he just goes, oh, you write? And he just says, no, Rambo does. <laughs> <laughs> and James Spader says, you people who work at night scare me. <laughs> Some of the dialogue in this movie is fucking nuts yeah. in the best way. It's real weird, but I'm here for it. Uh, so we cut to this is the second night he gets to spend with the mannequin and she tells him about her old boyfriend Chris who didn't believe her when she said the world was round which that's reductive and insane things to say about Christopher Columbus noted genocide purveyor but you know whatever. <laughs> And well, the mannequin had already passed on by the time he got to the new world. Well, but also he knew the world was round. <laughs> like, historically, it's a thing. Also, she probably remembered that from 2500 BC because they've known yeah, it for Yeah, because the Egyptians ever. also... Yeah. She was probably like, how do you not know this in the 1400s? We knew this 4,000 years ago. <laughs> it is how you say, shaped like a meatball. <laughs> 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 Well, this is a meatball. So she is going to help him come up with windows. And as they're kind of planning what window they're going to do, he kind of leans in to kiss her and she backs up and sits on a soundboard, which turns all the speakers on. Yeah. And then they have a music video in the middle of this movie. Hell it is an entire yes. song worth of montage. And yeah. all I wanted, and I feel like if we made this movie today, I would have it. All I wanted was in the middle of the music video for us just to cut to the security room with them watching it on security cameras and he's fully just dancing with a mannequin and it's silent. <laughs> oh. Like no music, just like them being like, yeah, it's fucking weird that he fucks that mannequin all over the store at night. Yeah, dude, but it can't is. look away. And then we it's cut back to the music video. <laughs> yeah, like Just that's what everyone else is seeing. I would love it. They don't pay us enough to clean up the inside of that mannequin. <laughs> oh gosh okay so like if he gets the mannequin pregnant at night yeah does the baby live if she turns back into a mannequin i feel like do you okay you had to take some anatomy classes yeah. you know how they have those displays in like pregnancy centers and stuff oh. where you take the belly <laughs> off and yes, you see like, like yeah. a cross section of the baby in different <laughs> sizes yeah <laughs> I think you ever been to a gynecologist and they trying to demonstrate some shit? I think it's one of those. <laughs> well, to answer that question, no, I have not. But I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, uh, Hollywood walks in on them and she turns back into a mannequin. And instead of being like, whoa, are you um, dancing with a mannequin? Uh, he just goes like, ooh, next time I'll bring G.I. Joe and we can double. Yeah. Like, he just immediately <laughs> yeah. accepts it. He's on board, man. Yeah, and he's just like, you're an A1 creative freak, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this is his first time catching him doing something weird with the mannequin. So it's like a fun, it's like a funny thing that you do. Like, oh, I caught him dancing with the mannequin. That's funny. But like week three, yeah. he, Hollywood's probably like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
this shit again? Well, week three, he defends him to other people because we'll get to it. There's another scene. So he says, I'm going to leave you two alone. I'm going to go meet Albert for dinner. And he leaves. And this is where Emmy comes back to life. And she tells him that he's the only one that can see her. And when other people see her, she turns back into a mannequin. So we cut to them in the elevator, or at least we cut to the security guy outside the elevator who can hear voices. Yeah, I mean, he hears them, like, chatting and giggling, and, like, Andrew and Emmy yeah. are, like, giggling away. Yeah, they're having a good time. So he releases Rambo into the elevator, and then Rambo runs out scared because it's just him and a mannequin, and I think Rambo knows what's up. Oh, Rambo could yeah, smell Rambo it. Knows. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, she's He's like, filled. it smells like jizz in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's either been having sex with that or cleaning it with bleach, but I don't want to find out anymore. Uh, she's a classy mannequin, okay? They only have sex after like six weeks of dating. I don't think I don't even think this movie lasts six weeks. Yeah, it does not. Neither does their marriage. It only lasts that one night. It was the window display. (laughs) (laughs) They change it the next day. Uh, No. I do hate that when Andrew gets out of the elevator carrying her, he fully lies to the security guard. And he's like, calm down. She's not armed. But she clearly has two arms. (laughs) Two arms. (laughs) That was a Mikey joke. (laughs) I love it. I knew you would. They're detachable, so she has the ability to bear arms. Yes, she does. (laughs) The right, really, because it's America. She's not American. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a weird line to draw, Paige, but all right. (laughs) Also not human. (laughs) Just saying. Hashtag not my America. We don't want these, these Egyptians mannequins coming over I'm here. So these tired. mannequins taking these our jobs. <laughs> oh dear God! This went someplace I did not expect. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just like America for an immigrant to do all the work and a white man to take credit. <laughs> Sad but true. Yep. Sad but Welcome true. Welcome to post-capital. Neoliberalism. Oh, I've got a fun capitalism note later in this and fun facts that you're gonna fucking love. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is where we get the bike window with the treadmill. And so the idea, like, again, people flock to it. And at this point, this is only like the second or third window that Illustra gets like hears about it. And so Roxy, at the behest of her boss, makes a date with Andrew McCarthy to talk to him and try and convince him to come to Illustra or to at least tell them what he's doing. Yeah. And so he meets her at a French restaurant where they refer to him as the flambe terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if this scene was cut earlier or if this is just a joke. No, no, I love this because he is sitting down like reminiscing about the shit in this restaurant he set on fire. (laughs) And he calls out that dude for wearing a wig. He's like, oh, your night wig. You're wearing it during the day now. It's a good look. Oh, your eyebrows are growing back nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the funniest joke to me of the scene. And then he sits down. And he's like, oh, they built the balcony back up. Man, that thing went up yeah. like a tinderbox or whatever. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, he set a, a small fire in the kitchen. But no, people died in this fire. <laughs> well, and he turns the job down. He says, if I'm one thing, I'm loyal. And then he stands up. And knocks into a waiter carrying what looks to be like Bananas Foster or something similar. Yeah. And then dumps that flaming plate into another plate, causes a fire, and then he snatches that guy's wig and puts it out with the wig, which is the worst thing to put out a fire because burning hair smells disgusting. So we cut to... James Spader and the security guard and the security guard is like, yo, Rambo is scared of mannequins now and 
It's not good. And James Spader is like, hey, did you ever jump out of a plane and land on your face? And he's like, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he basically is like, you're hearing voices. You're crazy. Just find out what he's doing. And he says, well, what about Rambo? And this is where he says, screw your dog. And then he like thinks about it for yeah. a second. They, he like makes eye contact with Rambo. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Rambo's not a mannequin. You're not allowed to have sex with him in this movie. <laughs> he cut to the vacation display in the store. And he's going to put suntan lotion on her. Yeah, he is. And meanwhile, the security guard is walking through the store with Rambo in a wagon, which is very cute. Yes. But also, Roxy and Armand are in the store trying to get a picture of the woman who's helping him with these displays. And he tells her, I've always wanted to make love in the ladies' shoe department. Can I show you something in your size? And he goes <laughs> for his zipper. Can I just say, I would not at all be surprised to watch Mikey do this. That's a good okay. line. It is a good in, in like, line, Mike. In, in the right context. Oh, yeah, like you're sneaking around a shoe store. <laughs> if this is someone you are in an existing sexual relationship with. That is the key right there. Then that is a hilarious line. And I would laugh till I peed. And then that would ruin the moment. So like maybe a little too hilarious. Honestly, Armand um, might be into it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why he couldn't get it up. Anyway, back in the vacation display, he puts suntan lotion on her and then she drops an ice cube in his pants. Yes. Trying to cool him off a bit. And he tackles her. And so they're kind of like tumbling around Security hears them. Rambo runs away and he yells after Rambo. This means a court martial. <laughs> Which is bonkers. I love that you love that joke. <laughs> That's the dumbest joke in this movie. It's so dumb. But I love it. Yeah, it's great. So Roxy and Armand are upstairs. And so we're kind of seeing like multiple floors at the same time. But... In the vacation section, they're kind of rolling around and they roll literally to the security guard's feet. And the security guard at this point is just like... <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, like, you're fucking a mannequin? Yeah. And then Roxy sees it too. Well, and Armand's getting pictures. And Armand's getting pictures. Yeah. And Roxy just says, I really should have listened when he asked for help. <laughs> Which, is like, Which is really funny. Yeah. And he says, this is how I get my inspiration. And the security guard at this point is just like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you for yes, like no reason. Yes, yes. So this is my favorite part where he's like, it makes no it's sense time for me to physically attack you now for no reason. Yeah. Anyway, they get in a fight and she kicks, uh, she meaning Kim Cattrall, the mannequin kicks from behind because his back is turned. He can't see her. So uh, this is where once they kind of subdue the security guard, this is where they're riding bikes past Hollywood in the back. Yeah. But the best part is one bike goes past and Hollywood looks and doesn't see anything. Then Andrew McCarthy goes past. Hollywood looks, doesn't see anything. And so then Hollywood reaches down and switches his sunglasses. <laughs> yes! Yeah. We cut back into the store where Emmy, uh, Kim Cattrall, sees a display of a hang glider oh. and uses it in store. But that's not how hang gliders work. There's no breeze in the no, store. No. I love, let me, I have to unpack this scene because. Okay. okay. Well, and she has been talking about how she wants to fly and she like invented wings when she was still in Egypt. Right. Insane. We need to talk about the effects, the camera angles, the length of the scene. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. So you don't love yes. you don't love all of it, is what you're saying. I love all of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Little vignette is one of my favorites in the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, there's like 90 quick cuts. 
Yeah. On this two-minute scene where you see the string on top of the hang glider going down. Yeah. And the obvious actual mannequin in it, but then it cuts to a close-up shot of Kim Cattrall. And it's amazing. It it's is just, amazing. The whole thing is amazing. The whole thing is amazing. It's so dumb, and they shoot it in a dumb way that I think it works. It comes back <laughs> around just like the rest of the film. Yep. Honestly, Mikey, when I, when I watched this scene, two words came to my mind, and those two words were no notes. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, that's not how hang gliders work, but I can't even. Like, also, mannequins don't come to life, and there's nothing I can do. Also, it's you just... can't turn in that small of a radius. I mean, I no, get that she's losing altitude as she goes down and intermittently becoming a mannequin in real. Like, none of that makes sense. And then she punches as a mannequin the security guard, and he has knocked out for hours. Yes. He has a concussion for sure. <laughs> that dude has blunt force trauma. Oh, yeah. Like, it is bad. Yeah, yeah, but she was falling really slow. He could have moved out of the way. Mannequins are heavy, dude. <laughs> Let's blame the victim in all this, Mikey. That's a good idea. Yeah. You mean the guy who physically assaulted his co-worker for no reason two scenes before this? I mean the veteran that we should be respecting. <laughs> oh, you mean Rambo? <laughs> I, listen, I love Rambo. <laughs> so Andrew McCarthy runs downstairs. The security guard is basically incapacitated at this point, yes. and she seems to kind of pass out briefly. But then we cut to them basically cuddled up in a teddy bear display, and he's like, "I think we should name our first kid Pinocchio." And I'm just like, "How are you going to have kids with a mannequin, man? <laughs> like, what's happening?" <laughs> She's going to hide her for nine months so no one can see her so she can give birth to it? Like, what's happening? Yeah, just like old times. Oh, jeez. Uh, but she says, are you sure this is right for you? What about the things you want to do? And he's like, all I want to do is mannequins, so this is right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you guys know what his favorite band is? Oh, God. The Crash, crash Test, test Dummies. dummies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Uh, but so it's getting to be sunrise. They won't finish the window in time. So they do a display where it's like the mannequins are all getting dressed. Yeah, like they're getting ready. The mannequins are like getting ready for the day or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of cute, actually. It's kind of cute. I would say all of these windows are things I have seen in stores and nothing is wildly original about them. Or, but, except that this was the yeah, original. I bet, I bet this did it first, Paige. I kind of doubt that. You were like one when this movie came out i was born the same year this movie came oh, okay out. okay yeah, yeah 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 anyway the illustra guy comes to see the window he says it sucks and we cut to inside the store the security guy is asleep on a pile of mannequins and they end up firing him and james spader yeah even though they're just like, hey, the guy is fucking mannequins. And they're like, he's not. No one would fuck a mannequin. But also she's sort of like, I mean, but if he is money, so who cares, right? Yeah. I mean, like, we could hide mannequin fucking. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Sweep it under the rug or into the mannequin closet. <laughs> when it comes to corporate scandals. Yeah. Oh, when it comes to corporate scandals, that's nothing. Exactly. You guys. Yeah, you could be caught with both a dead mannequin and an alive mannequin. <laughs> it implies that his windows start making the paper, which like, what a slow news week. <laughs> oh, I, and <laughs> they put like, his picture in the paper. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> we get a montage of him constantly sneaking off with the mannequin. Yes. Uh, which now everyone is just like, he's fucking that mannequin, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's fucking that mannequin. And, and like people will like listen in on their like when they go into the closet together or whatever. So like they fully think he's having sex with a mannequin and doing voices. Yeah. 
Which <laughs> to me is my favorite part. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, you should go all the way. Oh yeah. If you're gonna have sex with a mannequin, you're gonna go all out. You're gonna do voices, Mikey. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know why it's so much more disturbing to me to picture somebody fucking a mannequin but doing voices for the mannequin, but that makes it so much worse for me. <laughs> <laughs> like it was already rough. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to a meeting at Illustra where we find out that sales are down 89%. And we cut back over to, uh, I think it's Prince & Company. Yeah, Yeah, Prince & Co. Prince & Co. Where they're making Andrew McCarthy a VP. It seemed like they were just giving him James Spader's job. I think so, yeah. yeah. They cut over to Illustra where we have <clears throat> photos of him banging a mannequin. But again, it could get so much weirder. Oh, yeah. They're like, this would ruin his career. I was like, really? You don't even see penetration in those. He, like, he killed a it. child. Who killed a child? Who, who killed a child? He let a child float away and probably died. Oh, oh. oh well, I mean, they haven't discovered that yet. They haven't done the full vetting process. And God knows how many people died in that restaurant fire. So <laughs> they decided they're going to use those photos to convince him to move to their company. Yes. Uh, we cut back to Prince & Co. where he takes the mannequin into the ladies' room. And literally everyone crowds around outside the ladies' room because they're like, he's talking to the dummy again. And they're like listening in. Wouldn't you want to listen in, though? Like, if your coworker was fully, like, taking mannequins into the ladies' room, I'd want to listen absolutely. in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I will say, I have worked in visual merchandising in multiple stores. One of my favorite things to do when I worked in a clothing store was to dress mannequins. It was so much fun. Really? Yes, it was okay. the most fun part of my job when I worked there. Um, but specifically, I liked dressing male mannequins, not in a sexual way, just because it like I know what it's like to pick out outfits for me. But it was extra fun to pick out outfits for like what would I think was cool for a boy to wear? I don't know. I really liked doing it. Yeah. But okay, that's cool. Hey, do you guys know what it's called when you impregnate a mannequin? Oh my God! What, Mikey? Artificial insemination. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Mikey, yes. I wrote a lot of jokes for this one. <laughs> so they're all eavesdropping and Hollywood kind of sh tries to shoo them away and is like, I introduce them. I can go. I can interrupt them yeah. basically. And he walks into the bathroom to find him kissing the mannequin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he basically is like, hey, I would never interrupt the two of you. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> I, I want to be able to do what you do. And he does this whole thing of like, we can talk about designs, but I have to work alone. And Hollywood's like, I really want to do it. And he starts crying crying yes and we cut to outside the door where they're like who's crying and they're like it's either the new vice president or insert gay slur or the dummy <laughs> they're just like it's one of the three yeah it's not great it's not great uh we cut to after and he's asking emmy like can you appear to hollywood like can you show yourself so that we can all work together and she basically is like i can't but also, I think you have the ability to do this on your own. Yeah. So I think if you and Hollywood work together, you can still make it happen. Yeah, she believes in him, which is super sweet, actually. Yeah, it is very sweet. She's a right proper muse. Yeah. So he and Hollywood decide what they're going to do for a window. Uh, we cut over to Illustra where Richards, James Spader, is trying to get Felix, the security guard, a job at Illustra. And he's basically like, if you can identify which mannequin he's fucking, we can steal that mannequin. <laughs> like the whole concept of like the conflict is even more absurd than the actual mannequin fucking. Yeah. Which is saying something. We need more business. We'll steal the mannequin and say, you can't be with that mannequin unless you work for us. Right. You have to fuck that mannequin in our hall of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we cut back to Prince and Co. where he puts jewelry on the mannequin and they kind of go on a date where she goes to see the window that he made without her. Yeah. And she's like, it's the most beautiful window I've ever seen, but it's fully just mannequins. Yeah. Like, it's not that interesting. It's, it's sort of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's just really supportive. She is. She's a right proper muse. Her goddess Ra. So, I mean, like, Ra, Ra, like, cheerleading. Oh, Okay. Anyway, she hops on the back of the motorcycle for what I would say is the funniest car chase I've ever seen. <laughs> I love it. Yes, it's so good. It's almost as good as the car chase in Ronin. Like, it's that <laughs> level of good. I, I'm, I was going to say the one in Bullet is the one that I always remember. But then I would say, uh, what's it? Baby Driver is one of my favorites. Yeah, I know that mannequins coming to life would make Fast and the Furious better. <laughs> if every car in Fast and the Furious has a mannequin in Guys, it, that just get occasionally dark and I turns into a mannequin. It's just Paul Walker yeah, as yeah, a mannequin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, Sometimes no. when family dies, it, things get weird, and you got to make accommodations for people going through stuff. Page, but they just talk to it as if it's Paul Walker. Yep. It's yeah. a mannequin the whole time. They just weekend at Bernie's. A Paul Walker mannequin <laughs> through the next Fast and Furious movie. Holy shit! How is this not a thing? Yeah. Because it's wildly offensive and his family is still around. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Should we cut it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so Gene Spader and the security guard are chasing them in a car. And also his girlfriend and Armand, or ex-girlfriend, Roxy and Armand are trying to get pictures of them. And so they're just kind of driving around the city. And then anytime anyone can see her, she's a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you just see him ride past with what is clearly a mannequin just like duct taped to him on the motorcycle. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> they legit go off a ramp when they're like chasing him down the alley. They go off yes. a ramp on a motorcycle and it's just this dude and a mannequin, and a mannequin. hugging <laughs> around his midsection. It is insane. And I like, I went back and forth because like they do give them a lot of time and interactions together in this movie. So you sure. feel like they have some chemistry. Sure. And so I feel like there are shots in this sequence where like she's like holding on to him and like kind of cuddling up against him. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. And then the very next shot is a mannequin. <laughs> it's this like, huh. <laughs> it's interesting to me you think they had chemistry because to me, half the movie, she seemed real plastic. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite part of the car chase is when they drive by the older elderly couple and the woman's like, I cannot believe it. And the guy was like, don't judge. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him with the dummy. Who are you to criticize? Yeah. <laughs> <That's what she laughs> says. At, at one point, she's just got a dummy arm up that's flipping the bird. Yes. And then he just has he to flip the arm down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't need to watch this movie again, but I will go back and watch just this motorcycle chase again. Oh, yeah. Because it's so funny. This is the perfect scene. <sighs> I, and, well, and I think uh, what I struggle with, with this scene in particular, do they know how funny it is or are they trying to be earnest? No. They <laughs> I can't decide what's funnier. They've got to know, Paige. They've got to know. I, this is a comedy, right? Yes. A romantic comedy. I mean, because ho the whole rest of the movie exists. And so I'm just like, <laughs> you seem to go lean into all of this. Yeah. Was this just part of the story as you wrote it? And then you didn't think about how fucking hilarious it would look? Like, what's happening? 
I do love that on the day they were like looking at the dailies from that shoot and they were like, this looks fucking insane. Maybe this is like just a straight up slapstick comedy. Like that's <laughs> that's the moment when they decided <laughs> to change the tone of the movie from like romance to like fully romantic comedy. My thing is, I just giggle at the fact that they had to hire a stuntman, strap a mannequin on him. They had to put a harness around him and then strap a Kim Control mannequin to his okay, body. Okay, 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 but okay. <laughs> you know how mannequins have like molded boobs? They're yeah. not soft. They're like, it's a statue. Yeah. That's strapped to your back as you're riding on a motorcycle. That dude got like a ridiculous deep tissue massage from her nips. He has bruises he cannot explain to his significant other later. <laughs> <laughs> you just get slapped with tits in the back enough to give you a bruise? Or as they call it on the Nile, second base. Oh, my goodness. Also, there's a weird section of this where there's like a picture of Rambo in the car, and it seems like maybe Rambo died. Yeah, I think Rambo does die in this movie. They just don't address it because later on he has a different dog named Terminator. Love it. Yeah. So the man, <laughs> the mannequin on the motorcycle goes over the, the ramp. They land, and then the car tries to go over that same ramp and gets stuck between those two buildings. Yes. <laughs> we cut to, so Roxy and Armand, because she's so upset about the mannequin, he's just like, what if we just go home to my place and have sex about it? And she's just like, yeah, fine, let's go. Which, whenever I've played that card of, hey, do you want to go home and have sex about it? It's never gone well. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said yes to that car. Yeah. You don't and, say it like that. You just be like, we well, can just go back to my place. And if they say yes, it is unexpected, but you have to act like you knew what would happen if they said yes. Oh, I've never been in the situation to be able to act that way. So that's why there's no famous Todd's. Well, that's why you're unmarried. <laughs> Who, Todd's me? not married. Todd's been married once. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I, wa I was married once, and it was a mistake. Do you think she had an affair <laughs> with the mannequin? <laughs> Oh, Mikey, that is amazing. His name was Manny, but I'm pretty sure he was real. Their relationship wasn't because it ended two months after it started. Officially started, I should say. It was going on for about four months before, I think. Hey, you want to know what a red flag is? When she goes to work and a statue becomes a person and she has an affair with him? Yeah. <laughs> when she brings over a mannequin and says that he's just a friend. <laughs> <laughs> you! You got plastic feet! <laughs> you say you just a friend! But you say you just a friend! I'll make you! You got plastic feet! <laughs> But you, you say, say you're I'm just a friend. <laughs> I'm just picturing a meme with like Todd's picture being like her boyfriend. And then like a picture of a mannequin. And it's just the guy she told <laughs> you to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot funnier if you know the guy my girlfriend cheated on me with name was Manny. <laughs> well, uh, this got real dark and personally sad for me. <laughs> Honey, I said it was cool if you brought toys into the bedroom, but I didn't mean a whole mannequin. <laughs> I think I'm the only guy who's still talking about his girlfriend cheating on him three years later. No, I'm pretty sure Roxy's still talking about this. <laughs> to her therapist. <laughs> he left me for a mannequin and then she turned real. And then I got sexually assaulted. Yes. Anyway, oh so she's at God. Armand's house. 
and the implication is that he can't get it up. I love this and so he, much. He tells her that it's because she's so cold and unfeeling. And that he needs a mannequin. Did you see that part? Yes. Yes. I was like, Armand oh. is getting on board the mannequin train. And we cut back to the department store where they are stone cold boning yeah. in multiple places in the store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we cut to them like after glowing on a pile of fur coats that they're never going to be able to sell because they're just going to be like, why does this coat smell like fish? And bleach. But they're laying in the coats and they're like, the window turned out pretty well, didn't it? And <laughs> I'm sorry. I just pictured Dane Cook walking in and being like, who fucked on the coats? <laughs> Why are there all these baby dolls on the coats? Oh, <laughs> uh, I want that to happen so bad. I, I need I need pictures, man. If, and please oh. don't get arrested, especially no, if, if you work in retail, set up your own window. You can be VP of the, the Gap. <laughs> so, so my favorite part of this sex scene is when they're laying down on the hammock and you see that he wrote his name on the bottom of her foot. <laughs> Oh my god. He's <laughs> such a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> but it's our dumpster fire, Paige. It's our dumpster fire. <laughs> you you guys tell me that this is the most fun you've had in a little while. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely. I'm I'm curious as to what we're doing next week and now I'm having to like plan out what I'm going to have to do to top this. <laughs> So she gets up to go to the window. I I hate this movie that when every time he gets done having sex with her, he puts her back in his toy chest. <laughs> AKA the window. <laughs> Every window is her walk of shame. Just her with disheveled hair carrying her shoes. <laughs> they should have done a walk of shame window display. That would have been amazing. I think you're I think your Uber's here. <laughs> oh. Mikey. While he's sleeping from all the sex in, yeah. James Spader and Felix, the security guard, come in and steal like all the female mannequins because they can't figure out which one is Emmy. Did we talk about how they exchange their I love you's after they when they're in the afterglow on the coach? Oh, yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. He is in love with her. Yeah. He's, he admits that yes. he loves her and she loves him, too. And all that all that sweet, sweet stuff. Yes. That's not the most fun part of the movie. The yeah. more fun part of the movie is theorizing what it's like to have sex <laughs> with mannequins. <laughs> or what if he's inside her and somebody walks in on them and then she turns back into a mannequin? Does it, cut oh, off does his it penis? just chop his dick off? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it would. This is a dangerous game. Ooh. He's playing with fire. <laughs> that, that would have to be a rush. <laughs> I'd still take my time. <laughs> Mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you missing a tongue, two fingers, and your dick? <laughs> Frostbite. <laughs> You're in the hallway. People kept walking by. She said, let's do it in the hallway. <laughs> so we cut to the next morning, and they find him sleeping naked in the pile of furs. Yes. And they all applaud him when, they, when yeah. he wakes up. Why are they clapping? I don't know. He's the vice president. You're just like, good morning, boss. <laughs> hey, good job having sex on these coats. <laughs> but so Hollywood comes to the rescue, gets his clothes, and tells him that all the mannequins have disappeared. All the female mannequins. Female mannequins. Yeah, the mannequins are fine. So they take Hollywood's car to Illustra, which is a hot pink convertible 
with bad girl on the license plate. I love it yeah. so much. And then he much. has a custom polka dot cover. Yeah, that he puts on. I love it. <laughs> we cut to the boardroom where he basically like runs through like, where's Roxy? Goes straight to the boardroom. And they're like, oh, we're glad you showed up. We can offer you like 55K, 60K to basically come make windows for us. Which is, I looked this up. It's $130,000 today. Well, then you're going to be shocked at what that job makes present day. <laughs> I don't think I will. Anyway, so Roxy's going to destroy the mannequin. Yeah. He chases after her. It's basically this huge chase scene in the giant mirror store. Yes. And the thing that struck me, and I think this is just because I worked in retail so long, they're just trampling over clothing oh, racks. yes, they are. Like it's fucking nothing. And it, that would hurt so bad because those are yes! so heavy. That would hurt like a bitch. Yeah. Like I used to have, my mom, I remember, would just be like, are you okay? Because I, when you're running around a store all the time, you bump into racks constantly. Yeah. It is just a, the nature of retail. It's also the nature of strip clubs. Just a heads up on yes. that. You bump into racks all <laughs> the time. Run into racks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my upper arms would just be purple. Yeah. From just constantly running into racks. Anyway, cut to Roxy, who has the cart of mannequins and starts throwing them onto a conveyor belt that leads to what looks like a giant trash shredder. It's, it's just a pit in the floor, which that's got to be an OSHA violation. I have never seen anything like this in a store ever, and I have worked in many, many stores. Now, what they might have in a store, especially a big department store, would be a baler which would like crush stuff, but it's not as dramatic because you would load stuff directly into it and then just press the button and crush it. Like Terminator. Yeah, a lot like Terminator. Yeah. So uh, she's loading all of the mannequins onto the conveyor belt. Emmy's the last one. Yeah. There are only a couple steps behind her. Hollywood gets a fire hose and just says, two things I like to do, fight and kiss boys. <laughs> and like, Who wrote this? And he's just spraying them with a fire hose, keeping them at bay. Enough time for Andrew McCarthy to get to that room. Also, a bunch of trash falls on Roxy, knocking her into like the trash pile, not onto the conveyor belt, but just the pile of yeah, trash. Yeah, she's safe, just covered in trash. Right. Yeah. And so Andrew McCarthy runs up the conveyor belt and grabs Emmy just in time. And she grabs back. And there's a dude standing there just not stopping the conveyor belt. He just stands there staring for way too long. Yeah. He finally stops the conveyor belt just as Hollywood's hose goes limp in the hallway. Oh, he only stops it when she turns real. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Hollywood snaps twice and then takes <laughs> off towards the trash room. I do like how he goes, shit. Well, he put the he puts the hose down. Snap, I love it. Snap. Yeah. So fucking funny. He pulls Emmy up out of the, I guess, shredder. Yeah. Uh, and she's still alive. She's okay. And she's like, you have to love me forever. Because she realizes that now other people can see her. So she's just alive now. Yeah. Now, what I really wanted, personally, deep down in my soul, is the guy who stops the conveyor belt has these giant glasses. Yeah. And I really wanted for him to have, like, have the glasses off and for her to be like, I'm alive. And then for her to put them back on and she's just a mannequin again. <laughs> <laughs> what I would have preferred is him not sexually assault Roxy as he's trying to, like, dig around the yeah. trash. Well, because he sees that the mannequin has come to life. So he digs through and starts kissing all the mannequins he finds. Until he finds Roxy and he kisses her awake and she's like, stop. And he does not. No, he and does that's not. a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, but what's even 
crazier is the thing that Hollywood says when he runs in. He says, Mama put the coins on my eyes. I don't believe what I'm seeing. I love that so much. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry. Do we have an ancient burial joke in the middle of this movie? Yes, they do. (laughs) So at this point, Richard, James Spader, and Felix, the security guard, are like, that's the mannequin. It's a person now, but that's the mannequin. And everyone's like, you're crazy. (laughs) And then Estelle Getty shows up to be like, hey, by the way, I have you guys stealing all our mannequins on videotape. So y'all go into prison. (laughs) And then Andrew McCarthy's like, whoa, hey, you had video cameras on last night? And she's like, I only saw what I needed to see. She was like, (laughs) all of it. (laughs) (laughs) But then I'm just like, I want to see those videotapes of him just like stone cold boning a mannequin. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's not a real person. It's fully a mannequin the whole time. (laughs) Anyway, Roxy frees herself from the maintenance guy who then dives back into the trash to try and find another mannequin. Yeah, he dives headfirst into it. Yeah, <laughs> We cut to Prince and Co. where he and Emmy get married in a window display. It's honestly very touching. It, it is kind of touching. <laughs> I do Hollywood like that Hollywood, yes. yeah, Hollywood marries them. Uh, and and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Roll credits. So having seen the movie, having talked about it, how do you guys feel about Mannequin the movie? Top 10 romantic comedy of all time. <laughs> no, no. That is ridiculous. The one thing that bothers me is like, how did she get a social security number or anything like that? She would have to apply like every other immigrant monkey. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm from Egypt. She has to come here the right way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like this movie as much as I like this movie. <laughs> I knew you would like it. Because it's so crazy. This is head over heels levels of crazy and beyond. Oh, I think it's better <laughs> like, than head over heels, man. It's so wacky and fun. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I was like, eh, until the motorcycle scene with the mannequin. And then I was like, this movie's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what you get off. <laughs> I don't care what anybody movie. says. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Absolutely. So do you want to talk some fun facts? Let's do it. So yeah. let's start with, because we don't see much of people's apartments. No, it, it really all takes place in the department stores. Yeah, and so I've got some real-life money fun facts nice. because from 2013 to 2015, I was the assistant manager of visual merchandising where I made a grand total of $45,000 a year. Nice. So that's current. That's 20 years past yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in a, a small location of a retail chain i did have friends that did it in department stores for a while and at the same time they were making ten dollars and thirty cents an hour so the fact that he makes this his whole job and isn't just sleeping in the store because he can't afford rent mind-boggling yes by the way page forty five thousand dollars from 2015 to 87 that would equal about twenty one thousand five hundred and sixty eight dollars a year Or poverty. Oh, yes. The director got the idea for this film when he was walking by a store window and thought he saw a mannequin move by itself. So high on cocaine, (laughs) the director thought of this movie Uh, while walking down the street. (laughs) Got it. Not only that, his next thought was, 
I want to fuck that. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> he, he, realized, he realized it was an optical illusion created by a combination of lights and shadows, but then he did start to wonder what would happen if a mannequin actually did come to life. Yeah. The scenes for both department stores were filmed in actual department stores in Pennsylvania. Illustra was filmed at the store uh, Boscov's in Camp Hill. Okay. And then, so Prince and Co. was filmed in John Wanamaker's, which is now a Macy's in uh, Philadelphia. Okay. So upon filming the movie, G.W. Bailey, who played the security guard, (laughs) said, when we were filming it, we didn't think it would ever be released. It was just beyond silly. (laughs) And we would do outrageous double takes over the things they were making us say. (laughs) And then the director would say, more, you're in the right direction. Go further. <laughs> so they knew. They knew. That's the movie I want to make. Well, and he says, we didn't believe it. And then suddenly the movie actually came out. And he says that there's this like old fashioned silly love story. Uh, and there's not one dirty word in it, not one naked butt. And I'm like, okay, but they fully fuck in that store. So whatever. Uh, and he's like, and the critics really hated it, but I guess people liked it. <laughs> Paige, we're about to talk about how much people liked it, too. Before filming the movie, Kim Cattrall spent six weeks posing for a sculptor in California who made all six mannequins with different expressions and detachable arms. So they essentially made six Kim Cattrall mannequins for this movie. Do you think they're still out there? Yes, there is one still out there. Really? Yes, so she did a ton of bodybuilding because she wanted to be in the best shape possible and look as much like a mannequin as she could. Yeah, she's in insane shape in this movie, too. Absolutely. So there is an original Emmy mannequin that was used in the filming of the movie that was restored by a store south called South Fellini and is currently on display in their store, which is in the fashion district center city philadelphia so the head and the torso are original pieces so it is still out there if we ever do a live show in philly we are going to take a photo with that absolutely yes gosh yes lsd researcher jerry kelly convinced himself that the movie was real and was arrested multiple times for speaking and sometimes groping and undressing mannequins at several different retail shops. But I mean, he was on LSD, so all of that makes complete sense to me. He has claimed that LSD did not lead him to this. I think it did. I think it did. So the song, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, by Jefferson Starship, Starship, that appears in this movie. Meshach Taylor, who played Hollywood, is featured in the music (laughs) video for the song. No. (laughs) Yeah. Both Emmy, uh, Kim Cattrall, and then Carol Davis, who played Roxy, ended up appearing on Sex in the City, where uh, Roxy was just a guest star. But there are Sex in the City episodes where they're both in it together. That's amazing. So the director, Michael Gottlieb, was actually a pretty big motorcycle nerd. That's why Andrew McCarthy rides a motorcycle in the film. But tragically, in 2014, the director was killed in a motorcycle accident. That's why I got rid of mine, man. They're so dangerous. And it's not the motorcycle being dangerous. It's other people. They just don't see you, you know? Yep. Uh, And this, this one will be pretty fun for you. Estelle... Getty and Meshach Taylor, so uh, the old lady who owns the store and Hollywood, yeah. actually first appeared together for the pilot of Golden Girls two years before the making of this movie. Oh, I love everything about that. And those are our fun facts. Well, thank you so much for those amazing, amazing fun facts, Paige. 
You guys want to talk some box office? Yes. Let's do it. All right. What do you think the budget for this 1987 cocaine-fueled masterpiece was? I think this is pretty... I know they film on location, but those are huge sets to dress. Yeah. And there's a lot of mannequins around. There's a lot of people in this movie. I'm going to say this was expensive. But yeah, there's stunts. I think this was expensive. And I think for the 80s, I, I'm thinking 30 mil. Okay. 13 million. Okay. It was $7.9 million. Okay. So almost $8 million. It's around $18 million if you convert that to today. And it came out on February 13th, Friday the 13th. Valentine's 1987. Day. Yeah. So this movie was third in the weekend it came out. It mm-hmm. was beat by a movie about where the security guard was from. Platoon was number one that week. <laughs> number two was Outrageous mm-hmm. Fortune. Number three was Mannequin, obviously. Number four was the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling biopic over the top. Yes. And number five was Black Widow. So that was your top five mm. that week. What do you think it made that weekend? I think it's amazing that this cost only one million more than Terminator. <laughs> Um, around the same, like only five years apart, I guess. But yeah, um, I mean, you got a difference in filmmakers there. It's you know, this guy gets Cameron. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say three mil. I'm gonna say five million. Mikey's much closer. It was six million one thousand two hundred and eight dollars in its so opening weekend. So you mean it weekend. almost made back its entire budget in its opening, its opening weekend? weekend. Yes. So what do you think the movie went on to make domestically? Twenty mil. 56 million. All right. So you're splitting differences there. So it went on to make, well, and I've got two different references for this. So in one place, I found 38 million. In another place, I found $42.7 million. But either way, it made a lot more money than they thought they were going to make. And (laughs) that's why it has a sequel. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. So, and because of that, they went on to make Mannequin 2 on the move. Malekin. No, it's not Malekin. It's uh, it's definitely a female. I remember seeing it when I was uh, a child. Yeah, that's the peasant doll one. Yes, it is the peasant doll one. Uh, and the only person who returns in that movie is Hollywood. So Hollywood is the only returning cast member, and its budget was thirteen million. It went on to make three point eight million dollars. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> can't win them all no you cannot so do you think you, do you guys think they're still together yes i mean i think that they must be they've got to be right yeah that's true love only true love would sure. break the curse is it a curse mikey we don't know or we don't fucking know there's no rules for this movie just piles of cocaine but only true love can break cocaine that is not it's true, not true. <laughs> it's not true mikey i think they're together they got married that's true they did get married yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say yes, because why not? It's like cocaine-fueled masterpiece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Would you date a mannequin if it came to life? I mean, if she's as emotionally supportive as this one, then maybe. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Paige, would you date a guy who was fully thinking you're a mannequin? Um, it'd be interesting. So probably not. My probably question not. is, does she come back to life when he doesn't work? 
Like, if he takes PTO, does she stay mannequin the whole t- night or does she turn into well, a human? She's a person at the end of the movie. Well, I mean, like, before. Because, like, if you could date a man, if you could date someone who turns into a mannequin when you're not around, like, you could go on vacation and just leave it at home or put it in the trunk, just carry it as a carry on. That's true. You'd never have to pay for a second plane seat. I mm-hmm. think if you're bringing a mannequin with you, they would make you pay for another seat. You just ship not it. Not if UPS you packed ground. it. <laughs> Yeah. I can't wait till we reach the Mikey's at the shipping is sex doll to various city tour locations <laughs> stage oh, no. of this podcast. First off, sex doll is an offensive term to people who turn into mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. Your mannequin worker. <laughs> so that is your box office. So this week, Mikey made us watch Mannequin. And Mikey, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Next yeah, week, I thought we'd watch a movie that came out, I think, when I was in high school, maybe early, early high school, maybe late middle school. Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Knock out the classics. Oh, People have been classics. talking about this in the Facebook group for a few days, and I was like, yeah, I remember really liking that movie, but I have not seen it in a very long time. So I'm terrified it's not going to hold up. I haven't seen it in a while. I remember thinking that it didn't fully hold up as well as like She's All That did. Yeah. I was surprised how well She's All That held up. Yeah. So maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised with this one too. We'll see. I don't know, but we will see. It looks like it is uh, available to stream on Disney Plus for free if you have that subscription. So Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Okay. Miss X Sandy 12. It's just MX Sandy 12. MX Sandy 12. (laughs) MX Sandy 12 says... Hilarious. Uh, well, I messed it up already. Uproariously hilarious, Mikey. Uproariously hilarious. Yes. That's dot, 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 dot. They say, Mikey, Paige, and Todd are those friends that are so connected, their conversations radiate joy and energy. Aw. Such a fun podcast in the chaotic world of today. Great analysis and breakdown of incredible classic movies. And the best banter I've heard in years. Listen and fall in love. Five stars. (laughs) Why, thank you so much, MX Sandy. We appreciate that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Now listen to our plugs. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah that's gonna be it for us guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm todd and you complete us to completion toodle pit (laughs) hey girl are you happy to see me (laughs) put a plastic (laughs) foot in your pocket (laughs) 
you. You got plastic feet. You got feet. plastic feet. <laughs> but you say you just say, a I'm just a friend. <laughs> but you say I'm just a friend. Oh, oh baby, baby, you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.